The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 95. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I am Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a couple quick reminders right off the bat. You can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt um, that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. They are super fashionable, um, especially as we head into the fall. So please uh, go check that out and you can get your own t-shirt by going or hoodie. Hoodies are good for fall. So that would be that would be the fall uh, style there. Um, you can get it at sqpn.com slash merch. Also, please share the podcast on your favorite social media so that way we can get seen by more people who would be interested in listening to us talk Star Wars. And if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcast uh, player, we would also really appreciate that. It gets us seen by more people. Plus, we get to know what you guys think about how we're doing, and we are always interested in that kind of feedback. So please, please go do those things while you're thinking about it right now, unless you're driving, then finish driving and then go, go do those things. Today, we are discussing uh, the Star Wars Visions episode called The Twins. And so joining me tonight on the panel is my almost twin, Angela Ciolana. <laughs> I don't know about twin, but yeah, I'm <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> um, it's almost like there's this whole force dyad going on between me and Angela tonight, <laughs> so, since it's it's just the two of us, and we are talking about the twins. So, well, um, no evil light whip thingies are coming out <laughs> from my end, so don't worry about that. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I <laughs> don't think I could ride an X-Wing in space the way that <laughs> Kari did either. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay a little bit more uh, grounded on Earth here. But uh, it was a very, very um, action-packed episode. So, oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute. The The first thing that I did want to announce is that there was just a little bit of news and it and it um, appeals to me and it'll appeal to the to the book lovers out there. Angela, I'm not sure if you're going to to get into these or not, but I, I sure hope to. Star Wars announced uh, four new books that are coming out. Um, I think they kind of vary between um, kind of a, the the Del Rey um, adult geared novels uh, to, I think, some of the younger audiences as well. So. The first one that they announced was Star Wars Shadow of the Sith. And so this is a story about Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian searching for Exegol after Return of the Jedi sometime. So I think Sounds this is even, 
Yeah, I think I think I read the synopsis and it's even um, after Lando's daughter is taken from her. So you could sort of see this as a tie in, of course, to Rise of Skywalker and, and a bit of a uh, not a prequel, but a, a, a story that leads into it for sure. Uh, the ones that I'm more excited about are the next two. Uh, so they also announced Star Wars Brotherhood. And this is an Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker story taking place during the Clone Wars. And so this is the story. Um, Anakin becomes a Jedi Knight. And so I think it's his trying to figure out his relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi no longer being his Padawan. So that one should be good. And then uh, the next one is Star Wars Padawan. And this is a story of Obi-Wan Kenobi as Qui-Gon's apprentice. Mm-hmm. And I think that one I'm most excited about because when mm-hmm. I was a wee Padawan myself, I used to read the uh, Jedi Apprentice series, which were mm-hmm. uh, a series of of books that were aimed at my age group. And they they were all about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon before episode one. So that will kind of uh, it'll be a bit nostalgic for me. And I, I, I do appreciate that. Cool. And then the final one that they announced was Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith. So this is just a collection of stories by various authors uh, regarding the Jedi and the Sith. So all of these are coming in 2022. So stay tuned for that if you are a book lover. Are you uh, at all interested in in jumping into some of those? Oh my gosh. Um, I, my book, my reading situation is like... uh... I have so many books that I have to read. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> I know that's the like the constant problem for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not an audiobook person. I uh, prefer to listen to music okay. um, and just read a book. Um, and really the only time I read a book is like when I'm traveling or something like that, you know, like really, really read a book. So um, we shall see. But I definitely am interested in these books and I'm glad that. They're kind of, um, they're really, gosh, they're really targeting the Obi-Wan thing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're really coming down on that. So maybe they're trying to get us ready for the Obi-Wan series. I, I think, I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similar, but I do, I do listen to audiobooks, And in fact, that's how I do a lot of, of, of reading. I I like to sit down and read a, a hard copy too, but um, with the amount of traveling that I do, I actually prefer audiobooks or podcasts when I'm traveling rather than mm-hmm. music. So, um, so I do get through quite a bit of books, and and so yeah, so I'll add I'll add these ones to my list as well. So that being said, let's jump into uh, this episode of Star Wars Vision. So, Angela, what were your first impressions of this episode? Well, I want to preface my first impression by saying that I watched with the Japanese soundtrack or audio track Mm -hmm. um, first. And so that was my first impression um, because I do have differing opinions of the two different experiences of the English versus the Japanese with this particular episode pretty strongly. Um, So... Yes, my first impression was actually, (laughs) wow, I'm so blown away. I was totally blown away. I, I, I was sitting on the couch and I finished the episode and I looked over at my husband and I was just like, wow, 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 wow. I kept saying that was so good. (laughs) Um, 
I I am a trained graphic designer and I have a background in marketing and um this particular art style just really appealed to me um the way that not only the style of the art but also the way that they used the art um to tell the story was so mm. impressive yep. to me um and just so many of these scenes were like they could have been a poster i just kept pausing it on certain scenes because they were so beautiful um so yes my nerd heart was very happy um seeing the Starfield and the Star Destroyers at the beginning and the music was beautiful. Um, I felt that the Japanese voice casted a fantastic job. And um, so I was happy. I, I was very happy with this episode. So I would... I would somewhat echo that. So you you had actually told us on our Slack channel to, um, or you suggested to us that we should listen yeah. to the Japanese uh, first. So that's actually how I how I approached it as well. Mm -hmm. And my my challenge with that is trying to read the subtitles quick enough that I that I'm not missing the the art sure. and the and the the visuals. And um and I'm used to to reading subtitles anyway, so that wasn't that wasn't new, but. Um, I, I would, I would agree that, um, this, this was, this was very well done. I preferred the English version and I don't know okay. if that's just cause I'm that that's more what I'm used to and familiar with. Um, I also, I mean, so the, the, the English actors, Neil Patrick Harris and, um, Alison Brie, um, I've seen them in other things. So I was also able to mm -hmm. kind of have a, a mental um, I could see the person behind the voice. So that, that also, mm -hmm. I, I kind of appreciated, um, the art style was, um, after, after watching these, so Ronin and then, um, Tatooine Rhapsody, this, this art style was, was drastically different. Um, mm, and I, yeah. and I appreciate that. It's, it's sort of like, I'm, it's like, I'm reaching into a bag of Skittles and getting a different flavor every time. And I don't know, don't know what to expect. Yeah. And, and it, and I really, I'm enjoying it because I, I have no preconceived notions of what this is supposed to be. And this one was, I, I say it this way and I mean it in a good way. It was out of this world. Um, the, the first two that we watched were, were more grounded, at least in, in my kind of, um, perspective. And this one was sort right. of like, there was like all these things happening. They were outside on the top of the Star Destroyer in outer space <laughs> and like just, things that i mean okay it's star wars we're, we're gonna suspend the belief anyway but like yeah this was even more bombastic and 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 explosive mm -hmm. and and i and i thought it fit i thought it was i thought it was really well done and and i <laughs> i really enjoyed it as um as as big of a display as it was so mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask you, you mentioned that you had two different uh, reactions from the Japanese to the English audio. And uh, yeah. what was your what was your reaction to the English version? Well, OK, so I don't know if I'm biased or something. I really want to understand my brain um, <laughs> because I yeah, I I am I am very used to reading subtitles and hearing something in a foreign language because I'm very into uh, Korean entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically what I watch all the time. Like 90% of the time I'm watching something in Korean. Hmm. Um, and so um, as I was watching the Japanese 
odd with the odd, Japanese audio track, um, I was more so, I think, tuned into the story and what was going on inside of the characters um, versus when I was listening. Of course, when I watched with the English track, I had already understood the story and, and the characters per se, but I wanted to kind of compare the two experiences for myself and having watched the English version, I think partially because I did recognize the voice actors, mm -hmm. the two main voice actors, um, that actually docked off a point for me because I prefer to just not recognize the voices, mm. um, in, especially in anime, um, because I I just want the characters to be the characters and not to be Neil Patrick Harris playing a character or Alison Brie playing a character. Um, it kind of takes me out of it. So that was one thing. They did a beautiful job, you know, acting. I mean, gosh, Alison Brie with all of these like amazing yells yeah. <laughs> and yeah. shouting that she had to do. Um, that was pretty impressive. Um, but I just felt like... Also, the tone of their voices, I felt like in the Japanese, and maybe it's also a, a language difference that the Japanese language is not as quite nasally as the English language. And so I felt like there was a little bit more of that guttural kind of mm, yeah. uh, force behind the Japanese audio track that really kind of, I think, resonated with the story and the pain and the, you know, the the grasp for power that was so central to this particular story so i guess that's kind of an overview of <laughs> of why i felt the english just did not resonate with me as like it was almost like the audio track just didn't go with the visuals and the story for me mm, sure sure um, I'll but give... I'm glad that you liked it because, <laughs> wow, we're just, we're balancing each other out. Look at that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very appropriate. Um, I'll give <laughs> my two cents on that. And, and I don't, and I'd never actually really thought about it until like just this moment, but maybe why I was okay with, with knowing the actor behind the voice is because I've done that before. So I'm, I'm thinking in particular of like Bo-Katan and, sure. um, you know, and, and she, uh, she plays Bo-Katan, um, you know, but, but I've also seen the actress in other, other things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sort of, I don't know, I guess my, my, my brain can handle like identifying the, <laughs> the meshing the actor and the, the, the voice together. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess, yeah, we, uh, we have different perspectives, but that's kind of what makes this, what makes this fun. So, yep. so we'll jump into the story and this one, uh, was, uh, uh, very interesting, uh, for, for this, for the whole, um, story revolving around the plot of these twins that were created, um, from the dark side. And it opens with this interesting looking Star Destroyer. And so it's basically two Star Destroyers that are connected by this, uh, they call it a hyper cannon. It's this, uh, or this weapon that is, that they're going to use to try to bring order to the galaxy. And <laughs> this is, this is one of those moments that I, that afterwards I went, oh, duh, of course they called it this. So it's a Gemini class Star Destroyer. 
Uh-huh. And Gemini is, um, in Greek mythology, the twins, Castor and oh, Pollux, and it's course. the constellation. Gemini is the twins. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things that it was after the fact that I was like, oh, of course, <laughs> that, that, that makes perfect sense that a Gemini class star destroyer would be these two star destroyers that are that are joined by this by this weapon. And so I, I, I don't know a whole lot about the, the Greek mythology, but one, one thing that I pulled out um, and I thought, I mean, I'm sure it's just coincidental, but I found it kind of fun. Uh, Castor supposedly was a great horseman and Pollux was a great fighter. And so I sort of said, well, you know, Kari mm-hmm. is a good, uh, <laughs> he rode the X-Wing very well and, and yeah. Am is quite the, uh, quite the fighter. So, uh, so I found that, that very kind of fun to to look back on and uh and 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 i'll if if we don't mention them as we're going through it i've i pulled out a number of just images and and parallels between twins that i thought was was kind of fun okay so uh and so so we start off with with kare who is clothed in this dark armor and he is walking to uh, essentially, he's going to to take the the kyber crystal, which is the heart of the weapon and the power source for for the weapon. And yeah, a, and uh, yep. oh, before we get into like more of the story here, I just wanted to mention that these opening scenes of artwork inside of the Star Destroyer were so. If you go back and look at them, just pause them for a second and look at how the lines are really mimicking the shapes of like the Vader helmet and the different mm-hmm. helmets that we see in star Wars. Um, they really create these like um, trapezoid type of shapes that are similar to kind of remind your brain of uh, the helmets from star Wars that we know of. So the hallway, you know, going as we're going into the, the star destroyer and then um the way that the different the troopers are sort of staggered um both uh, on a bird's eye view and also as we are kind of like taking that dolly shot in a little bit closer with Kari in the center um it was all i think indicative or reminiscent of that helmet um shape or pattern so that was one of the things that i was really admiring when it comes to the artwork mhm yeah. And one of the other things, and this isn't an artwork comment, but just the story and the, the imagery com or uh, comment uh, is the armor itself. And mm-hmm. this is something that I that I kind of as I was going back through these episodes, I was watching. Um, I think the armor can very clearly symbolize their bondage to the dark side or the 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 power that created them if you will because if mm-hmm. you notice and and as we go through we can kind of point it out uh by the end of the episode they are both liberated from their armor and right. kare is liberated much sooner and he's the one who's trying to protect his sister and at one point she loses her mask and then by the end of it she is fully liberated from from her armor and so mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated the, the visual there of, of like being enslaved versus being freed from that. So at this point in the story, they're both fully, fully enc- encompassed in their in their armor. Um, and that that quickly changes. Yeah, that's a great point. And that I mean, there are 
I guess, light side characters in Star Wars that have armor as well, but not to the extent that the so many of the dark side characters that we know of um, use armor or helmets or, you know, that type of thing um, that is more so part of their identity, I would say, um, than the good characters or just the not evil characters, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and there's something too about having armor. I mean, you can, you can take the the metaphor and continue it. I mean, armor is a way to either Mm -hmm. protect yourself. So, you know, uh, also being not vulnerable with one another, you know? And so, so all as, as much as that can protect someone from the, the attacks of other people, it also is a, it prevents love. So Mm -hmm. the, the metaphor of armor, like say around your heart or something like that, uh, you know, that we have to kind of, we have to, to get out of in order to really encounter, uh, one another, even though we, we open ourselves up to the risk of being hurt as well, but love is, is ultimately worth that kind of risk. And the other thing too is, is armor and helmets in particular, they, they put the mask over your face. You know, Mm -hmm. so, so you're sort of, you're not as known again, you're, you're less vulnerable when you have the mask on, but when you, when you take off the mask, you can look into each other's eyes and there's a, there's a vulnerability there that, that, that is, is needed as human beings and how God created us. But it's easier, I think, for, for us to have the metaphorical mask on when we are tempted to do something that's not in charity or, you know, to do something that's, that's wrong. It's easier to, to want to hide. And so we have to be willing to be vulnerable to, to, to let go of that armor and the mask. Um, and -hmm. I think, I, I mean, I think those themes are, are playing through this, through this episode. I'm not entirely sure at the end of it, if, I mean, Kari sort of, (laughs) they're both born of the dark side, but Kari is, I mean, sort of the, the light side character in all of this. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, where, where his heart is, but, um, but that, that, uh, that dynamic is, is, is really cool to see played out. Uh, the other thing that I was going to point out at this point was as any good quintessential Star Wars story, there is a droid by his (laughs) side. Yes. And of course, his name is R Duo. So there's mm-hmm. another duo, two twins sort of uh, reference, even if it's uh, kind of an ancillary reference to it. And <laughs> the droid ends up being way more of an integral part of the story, uh, just like just like all the droids that we see uh, play out in Star Wars. Absolutely. So we then shift the the focus to to Am, and um, we just kind of get kind of a, an introduction to to her and and the whole idea behind the the Star Destroyer, you know that that they're they're ready to deploy it, and this droid is is talking about how uh, Am and Kare have this mission that they're going to complete, and the power that they have in this in this star destroyer, this Gemini class star destroyer is going to help them accomplish that mission. And, and, um, their mission is essentially like any of the Sith that we have seen. Well, not any of the Sith, but, but definitely Palpatine to bring order to the galaxy, but through fear and intimidation and tyranny rather than through, through peace. Mm -hmm. We also get a brief montage of their, of their creation from the dark side. And I thought that was that really, was cool. yep. I thought that was really interesting. It, 
echoed um, some of the things that that we've seen play out in uh, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. uh, the Bad Batch, the 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 clone the clone scientists. So, I mean, perhaps that's where they were drawing some of this inspiration of of you know infusing the, these twins with with the dark side and mm-hmm. in their creation. Um, and then we learn a little bit more about this this hyper cannon is what they call it. And um, it's being charged by a kyber crystal, which is the the crystals that are used in in lightsabers. And this energy was going to go from the the kyber crystal through the armor of the twins and then to the hyper cannon, which would then be fired and capable of destroying a planet or any resistant star system. And I felt that this was also quintessential Star Wars. You have a huge, ginormous weapon that's being used by the dark side, whether it's the Death Star, um, Starkiller base in Rise of or, uh, The Force Awakens. Um, I'll throw out another one here, but this is from the Legends universe, the Sun Crusher, uh, which was okay. a um, that was in the Jedi Academy trilogy. For for those of you who are interested in that, that was a defi- that was a a ship that could crush a sun and basically then destroy a whole solar system. So another kind of uh star Wars theme is, is the, the big, the big weapons uh, used mm-hmm. by, used by the dark side. Uh, we have, uh, am, uh, asserting that she is going to, she, or she is ready to sacrifice everything for the dark side, including her life. And, um, again, she's super, um, ready to, to engage on this mission and that's when the the story kicks up and the the device can't be powered on because the kyber crystal has been stolen and Kare is missing so he's the only one who could have stolen it so that sets up the the initial confrontation between the the, the two of them yeah and you get that great little visual of where the only other person you know like who can access this thing <laughs> is Kare and you look over to his old chair and it's spinning (laughs) it was a little bit humorous you know i think they did a good job um throwing in that kind of like little bit of like cheesy Mm -hmm. star wars humor um every now and then i mean it was definitely um kind of an intense story and acting and everything but they still had those moments too so Mm -hmm. that was fun well and the next moment was also one of those uh because kari is walking with his droid and (laughs) trying to tell him that everything's going to be fine and they won't find us. And immediately he walks into the group of stormtroopers and he's, he tells him, okay, you told me so. And, um, (laughs) you know, engages in the stormtroopers and that, that to me very much felt like, uh, in a new hope when Han Solo is, is, is running down the quarter on the death star and turns around the corner and there are all the stormtroopers and, you know, turns and runs the other way. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, uh, another another kind of uh comical comical moment, but also a, a reference and a callback to to A New Hope. Mhm. Uh so Kari uh does uh take out the the stormtroopers and he heads to his ship in the hangar and that is where we have the initial confrontation uh between the two twins. And um, our duo heads off to the ship, which is going to be important later. And uh, and then we had another another fun line and quip 
And Am asks <laughs> Kare, you know, where were you planning on going with, with the Kyber crystal? And his response is to a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, very, very uh, on, on the, the nose. nose <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so, th- so then we, we continue to have this confrontation. Am uh, demands that Kari give her the, the Kyber crystal. Um, and this is when Kare rips off his mask and initially, or, and this is the first time that he absolutely refuses to, to give in to that. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, I was seeing in that like, okay, this is a very concrete moment where he is choosing to, to, to liberate himself from being tied to this, this destiny by, you know, the mission that they're supposed to be on. And in fact, one of the questions that I had was who created these two and like, right. you know, what's the, what's the bigger plan here? And I mean, we, we don't know that. And, Mm -hmm. and the story isn't, isn't, isn't going to reveal that, but still it's his, his first moment of like, up until that point, he could have easily have just given the Kyber crystal back and been completely back on board with, with the mission. But when he refuses, that's when he finally has made his stand and, and he takes off his helmet as a symbolic gesture of that. Mm -hmm. And I guess, um, now that he's lost his his uh, mask um just want to point out to that on starwars.com we learned uh from this great interview that they had um that this episode was made by studio trigger and a breakout movie for studio trigger was called promade um and there is a character in that movie called leo that kare is kind of designed to resemble so Mm. His kind of boyish look and um, uh, all that, uh, that was kind of an homage to both Star Wars, kind of Mark Hamill, but also yeah. to Promare. So, yeah. That, that, is, that is really cool. I definitely saw the resemblance to Luke, like um, a new hope Luke, kind of that, mm-hmm. that young boy, sandy hair kind of thing. Yeah. I did not, however, <laughs> see an Am Leia. So right, yeah. I mean, she had like a a hair band going on, um, right? <laughs> I I don't know if that's really, but there is a connection. So since we're talking about it, I'll, I'll reveal this here. Um, so I was curious what their names mean, right? Mm, um, yeah. So so I came to look up Kare, um, which in Japanese actually means he. So I thought, okay, well then does um mean she or woman or something like that? But no, apparently all these characters are named after um, original trilogy characters. So Kare and um are named after Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill or am Hamill. Um, and Kare, Carrie, so, but since Kare means he in Japanese, they flipped it. Oh, so wow. Kare is the male twin and um is uh, the female twin. So there's that. And then also our duo, obviously R2, mm-hmm. right? Um, now B2ON is interesting because, <laughs> so if you take C3PO and you go backwards in 
numerically and alphabetically, you get B to O N. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so they are all actually um, named after original trilogy characters. They're pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> that That is really, really cool. I it, it totally makes sense now that you've spelled it out, but, uh, yeah. Um, well done. Well done. So, guys. Yeah. No, no Carrie Fisher, like visual or like character, you know, right. Uh, similarity, but definitely there is a connection that was intentional. So, mm. and I mean, when you, th- when you hear twins in star Wars, you got to think of, um, Carrie and Mark's characters, mm-hmm. right? Luke and Leia. So, well, and I and I don't know. I I'm gonna take this a little and go off into the Legends universe. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. if this is where they're drawing insp- inspiration, but it's where my mind goes. So, the twins, of course, uh, Luke and Leia, but we don't have one light side, one dark side, or or we don't really have right. them being antagonistic toward each other. Uh, in the Legends universe, uh, Han and Leia have twins. Jason and Jaina, boy and girl, mm-hmm. and in one of the 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 series of novels, Jason uh, becomes a. Of course, he becomes a Sith Lord. I wasn't too thrilled with that storyline, <laughs> but ultimately, Jaina has to go and confront her brother, and ultimately, um, I, I'm I won't I won't say where that all goes, but there's a the confrontation between the twins, and the mm-hmm. the twin story is very crucial in in the uh the legacy of the force uh series which is where that's coming from so i saw i i saw them yeah um and then the other couple of characters that i saw they're not twins but i think it's it's there's also a clear parallel with uh ben solo kylo ren and ray especially as we see them in the last jedi and the whole force dyad situation you know light Mm -hmm, side dark side male female and even to jump ahead a little bit when they're when they're using the force to to break the kyber crystal between the two of them it made me remember and think of when they break the lightsaber as they're Mm -hmm. pulling it against each other in the last jedi yeah and we just went over kare um getting rid of all those stormtroopers um in a way he did use the force to freeze the the blaster bolts or Mm -hmm. the they they weren't they were trying bolts. to yep. blast him, but yep. yeah, um, and that reminded me of Kylo Ren also. Yep, yeah. So these, I mean, all of these visions, the the well, the three that I've seen so far, it, they're really cool because they're pulling in all these references, and because they're not officially part of the canon, uh, if you will, they can they can pull these things and the, and it just make a make a really cool story, and they don't have to worry about you know it meaning really anything affecting the 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 actual kind of canon of of movies or anything so it's it's cool to see all the various ways that they're calling back to a new hope or uh the the sequel trilogy or um really any of the any of the stuff that's come before for sure so um uh, at this point we get some some the the fighting intensifies and <laughs> our duo comes in and saves the day kind of sort of. And he comes in with, with Kari's X-Wing and, uh, fires, fires on am and, um, all of them distracting them. So Kari and our duo can escape the hangar 
And as they're leaving, this was a, I felt this was a Yoda moment, but Am Mm -hmm. uses the force to literally pull the X-Wing back to the Star Destroyer. And later that would be a Rey move. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. She's pulling the ship. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yep. Totally. So... Kari can't fully escape because of that and is pulled back to to the Star Destroyer. And this is this is where things get really, really fun and crazy is now they're both standing on the surface of the Star Destroyer. (laughs) And and I love that they can just they can breathe and everything's normal and they're they're fighting. Dude, I totally (laughs) didn't even think about that at all. I was just like, this is this is an amazing anime. Like I'm all for it. Like just go bananas, be totally (laughs) off the wall. Like the screaming, the like, you know, the light whip things. I was like the stilettos. I'm here for it. Let's do it all the way. (laughs) I think the reason that I thought about it was because I, I, I always like try to put myself into the characters and I just, I just kept thinking (laughs) there's no way that I would stay on that X-Wing. I would have fallen off. Like, and so that's what I was worried about was drifting off into space. And yet he, he was uh, much better, much better able to ride the, the X-Wing than, than I would have been. It's a a very special force ability. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Don't ever put me on a motorcycle. Um, I think I do. Okay. I can ride a bike just fine, but, (laughs) um, but anyway, so so that's that's when they have kind of their 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 standoff and um, they oh, because because Am pulls the, the kyber crystal out of the X-Wing and mm-hmm. um, that's what ultimately drags uh, Kari back onto uh, back onto the ship. And so they have uh, they have, again, kind of their standoff and they are pulling out pulling at that kyber crystal um, between the two of them. And ultimately what happens is that they break it and, um, they, um, they both get, get a piece of it. And this is really interesting because, uh, at this point we get a, a bit more of an insight into the motivation between behind, um, Kari and what he's mm-hmm. really doing because he had gotten a vision of am dying if she had used the Kyber crystal and, and it went through her armor. And so ultimately what he's doing is trying to save her from dying because, uh, because he loves her as, as a sister and am is sort of definitely the contrary. She, she is willing to sacrifice herself for the dark side, sacrifice herself for the mission, um, sort of isn't even really willing to recognize that he's just trying to save her life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they they continue to 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 fight um about it. I appreciated that they added the force vision scene because I think it added some depth to the characters in the story ultimately. If we didn't have it there, I think it would have, you know, kind of I mean it would have been a cool fight, but there wouldn't have been quite the character depth and relationship that we really end up with. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah, I appreciated that. And also artistically, just 
aesthetically the way that it looked was really neat yeah the they they sort of the the colors were shifting and and everything mm-hmm. during the, the the vision uh this yeah this gave um it gave a humanity to to Kare and what he was doing and yeah revealed his motivation without it it would have been very confusing to think there's these twins born of the dark side and why are they fighting together they they should mm-hmm. be you know working on this mission together but the motivation came in because of that because of that force vision and ultimately it's love you know that's yeah. that's what that's what's prompting him to to want to save uh, his sister which is the i mean that that is the the light side of the force the light side part of things and that's why he he sort of has that embodiment even when um they they both use the the crystals uh uh am puts one into her armor you know to engage that process and to counter her kari puts the the kyber crystal on the lightsaber and it's a blue lightsaber so not even red mm-hmm. but she has almost like a general grievous sort of um mechanical parts to her armor that has um all these 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 red lightsabers that are also kind of whips mm-hmm. so that was that was kind of fun yeah it was really <laughs> neat i like how we've gotten um so far we've gotten <laughs> the red umbrella mm-hmm. lightsaber and now we've gotten the whips so i wonder what other kinds of saber devices we may see (laughs) (laughs) another thing that i wanted to point out and 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 i think this might just be uh again their their kind of take on twisting the the good and the bad or the light and the dark the and the twins is they're fighting when they're fighting over the crystal am is the one who says that the crystal will bring hope to the galaxy and Mm. kare is the one who says that it will bring despair Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because it was contrary to what I was thinking that they would say. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately it went back to that whole idea of the people that worked for the Empire thought that their mission to bring order to the galaxy was mm-hmm. what was needed and what was the good and upright thing to do. Um, whereas, obviously, when you looked at it <laughs> from a humane point of view it wasn't um so i kind of took it that way as like am thought that you know i guess destroying whoever needs to be destroyed and whatever needs to be destroyed would bring hope because there would be order and Mm -hmm. having order is quote-unquote peace in that kind of dark side mentality because of the control aspect that we've talked about in other shows yep so that's kind of where my mind went yep yep and i think that's exactly true it was just I'm so used to the the Jedi saying, you know, we're going to bring hope to the galaxy. And, and, and the kyber crystal, too, is, is meant to be a symbol of hope, um, as it's mm-hmm. seen in a lightsaber that's not red, that's not bent to the to the will of the Sith. Um, you know, and so so to just to just hear them say the opposite, even though you from their perspective, it it totally makes sense. Um, it was just another kind of moment of, of, I had to kind of stop and <laughs> kind of reason through, uh, their, 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 their thought process there. Yeah. Good point. So, um, so they, they do continue to fight and, um, uh, Kari is able to kind of, uh, counter some of the, the, the force, uh, the, the whip, the, the lightsaber whips and, 
ultimately, though, Am is able to succeed in in launching Kare off of the Star Destroyer. And yeah, he definitely was like an underdog in terms of power. Totally, um, yeah. in the in the situation, and um, then um had this overconfidence and this obsession with the power that would come from the crystal. Um, that was again very characteristic of star wars right to always have that underdog character um kind of get creative and also find the inner strength to accomplish their mission Mm -hmm. yeah we'll we'll come back to that because i have um Mm -hmm. i think there's a really cool moment coming up that that talks uh deeper into that oh yes and uh so we have our duo back to the rescue who is able to to pick kari up on his x-wing and at this point, the the force vision is coming true that uh, the the power that Am is harnessing is too much for her. And so she can't control it and her armor is overloading. And Kare realizes that he has to destroy that kyber crystal in her armor to save her. But it's going to require a huge amount of power. And so... We have this new weapon that is concocted that was really interesting because it's sort of, uh, I mean, it's sort of a light side version of what they were doing with the the hyper cannon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Kare, with our duo's suggestion, sort of unites his lightsaber to the hyper drive of the X wing and is able to sort of have this kaleidoscope of colors and power coming out of his lightsaber mm-hmm. that he is able to, uh, thankfully he's, he's able to, to, uh, to do what he wanted. He was able to, um, to destroy the crystal. And we do get another, uh, fun callback, uh, to Yoda's quote, mm-hmm. um, which was, uh, he tells our duo when he's, contemplating doing this this uh this action with his lightsaber he's he says to to our duo you're right there's no try only do so kind of a flip flip it how yoda would say it but uh definitely a a yoda quote there and the 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 next uh part of it and this is this is where i want to i want to pause and talk for a little bit uh you know am and kari are are still having this dialogue um, before Kare is able to to shatter the blade or the shatter the crystal, and Am tries to tell Kari that they will lose their entire life's mission if he destroys the crystal, and then Kari says something that I thought was really really interesting. He says, "That's not true," and then he tells her, "Don't live for someone else. As long as you're alive, then you're free, and you're free to choose your own destiny." So. This I thought was sort of the 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 climax of of the the story arc because this is um, Kari has already experienced being liberated from that perceived mission and and the the destiny that he was forced into and he's trying to get Am to 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 not be a slave to that and right. so he's he's talking to her about that and trying to get her to to see that. Yeah. And, you know, when I was experiencing this particular quote in the scene for the first time, it really like brought a tear to my eye. I mean, it was very, I thought, um, uh, it resonated, I think, with so much that's going on just 
in life. I mean, the just the preciousness of our lives, the preciousness of our freedom to choose um, and our freedom to, um, you know, as long as you're alive, then you are free. You're free to choose your own destiny. I just, you know, as a Star Wars fan, that um, that definitely resonates with me. Um, the the beauty of Luke saving Vader as much as he could, you know, for those precious few moments that he had with his father and his father chose mm-hmm. to free uh, himself and his son from being a slave to the, to the emperor and to the dark side, um, you know, and so many other iterations over star Wars stories. But yeah, I thought that was beautiful. And the fact that it was between a brother and a sister, again, the family aspect, um, was very star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the word that I wrote down was, was vocation. And we mm-hmm. have talked about that before. And so I thought it was very appropriate that it was, it was echoed here. Um, you know, the whole idea that, that, um, we're, we should be who we were created to be, not what someone else thinks that we should be, you know, and we, we have this happen all the time, even unintentionally. If you have, you know, a parent who sort of is, is prepping their, their child to live a certain kind of life, you know, or they want them to be, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, a lawyer, a doctor, and sort of like, you know, putting this pressure on, on a child to be something that perhaps they don't want to be. And that's ultimately destructive and not healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but a vocation is something that is freely chosen and it's not something that, that is imposed upon us. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way that, that we should respond to, to, you know, our, our, our destiny, if you will, is, is with that freedom and not, not because someone thinks that I should, I should do something. So, I mean, even just in my own life, uh, my parents were, were very clear, thankfully for, for, with me from a young age, I remember my dad saying something to me along the lines of, if you're a janitor and you're happy, we're happy for you. Mm-hmm. And and it was that sort of idea that that told me and 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 it conveyed to me that I I have the freedom to choose what I want and I'm not feeling the pressure from my parents to do X Y or Z like my parents didn't pressure me to enter a seminary and ultimately to be ordained a priest it was something that I was able to choose freely and then um, have experienced the the joy of that of that choice and I think that that's I mean, that's quintessential Star Wars, too, is 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 finding mm-hmm. your vocation, your place and ultimately not doing something because, you know, it's what other people expect of you or impose upon you. But it's because it's it's what you're called to do. Yeah. And I mean, this maybe goes outside of the story, perhaps we don't really know Kari's full intentions, mm-hmm. but um your vocation ultimately is for the good of yourself and everyone else, yep. you know, um, and that's part of the beauty of the choice that you make, right? That um, that whatever you choose is going to bring about good in so many lives besides yourself. Yep. Yep. And perhaps that's maybe maybe we'll get a part two for this one. 
I hope so. It, that would be neat. It's set up at the very end for, for for clearly a sequel. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like this one and uh, the second visions both kind of set themselves up, but especially this mm-hmm. one um, because yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to it, but just the way that it ends is yeah, yeah, very. <laughs> it's just asking for it. Yeah, well, and it and it comes pretty quick because after after he has this uh, talk with with Am, Kari is able to uh, ultimately shatter the crystal in her armor and frees her from it, and so this is when her mm-hmm. armor fully um, goes away. Um, I forgot to mention yeah, it, and that crystal that crystal was right over her heart. Yeah. Yep. too and i think that was also symbolic yep. as well just from what we've been talking about yep. and i did forget to mention earlier on in the episode two at one point her mask comes off but she's not she's mm-hmm. not still she's not fully free yet um until until this point um and because of that destruction of the the kyber crystal and that that hyperspace weapon from kari and his lightsaber he splits the star destroyer all the way in half or the two star destroyers mm-hmm. and the Haldo move <laughs> Haldo maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this too, I, I felt was, was, uh, metaphorical too, um, mm. because of the way that the, the story ends. So the, the star destroyers are connected and it's at mm-hmm. this point that they are then separated and yeah. Kare crashes on, I assume it's Tatooine, but mm-hmm. then he is separated from his twin because of that. Yep. And so it ends with him assuring our duo that his sister's alive and they can, they're going to go find her. While he's staring at the twin son. Correct. <laughs> yep. Yep. So even more, even more twin um, imagery there. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. And we get that awesome sound design. I mean, the Jawas and the background mm-hmm. and... And, you know, just throughout this whole episode, the sound design was wonderful. The beeps and the, um, even the silence. I, I really appreciated how they used silence in this episode. Not just that Holdo maneuver like sequence mm-hmm. where we, which was beautiful, by the way, just seeing that painting or whatever you want to call it, you know, that image um, moving from left to right so slowly uh, to signify that moment. Um, but yeah, just the way that they um, used the sound in this episode was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I could just bring up the music as well, yeah. because um, I thought it was such a treat and I was so impressed by it. You know, it gave me all the the John Williams vibes that I need in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Um, and it was orchestral. And I was so impressed. So I went to go look up more about the composer. And apparently if I had known anything about anime, (laughs) I would have known this composer uh, because her name is Michiro Oshima. And she um, is one of the most prolific living composers for film, anime, and video games. Um, She has won several Japanese Academy Awards and she has now scored three Godzilla films. Um, She has scored over um, 100 movies, over 200 TV shows, um, video games, other performances. 
And she not only composes, but she also orchestrates all wow. of her music. And if you're not familiar with that, that basically means she writes the song, or the, the score, and then she she divvies it up between the different instrumental groups herself. She does wow. that herself, which usually a composer, including John Williams, will hand that off to somebody else to do because it's a huge undertaking. So that was very impressive. Um, and if you want to hear more from her, uh, one of her most loved pieces is a piece called Brothers, and it's from the original soundtrack for Full Metal Alchemist, which is a very popular anime series and film as well. So um, the original TV series and movie she actually scored for Full Metal Alchemist. So I definitely recommend it. It's gorgeous music. Mm -hmm. um, so... Thank you to Michiro Oshima for that beautiful score for the twins. Absolutely. Yeah. Music. I mean, music adds so much and there's an emotional mm. connection and, and yeah, these, and this one, I mean, for, it was, was intense. So it was, it was very, very good for that as well. Um, I only have one other note to add. Um, and I, didn't even mention this during the, the recap, but there was another reference to a quintessential Star Wars quote um, uh, at one point. Um, I forget exactly when it is, but Kari says to our duo, really? So you have a bad feeling about this? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's when they were escaping the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our duo had the famous quote of I've got a bad feeling about this. And. Kari says, punch it. So we've gotten that too. I think we've gotten that in all three. No, not all three, but the last two episodes we've gotten punch it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, so many, so many cool little references and, and, and Easter eggs there as well. Um, any other final thoughts on this episode from you, Angela? Um, just wanted to point out that, uh, the actor who played, um, B2ON, he uh he's Jonathan Lipow and he's done a lot of work on resistance Star Wars resistance. Oh, okay. So I was like where have I heard his voice before and that's where. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean shout out again to to the cast and to everybody who worked on this. It was really it was so much fun. I had a lot of fun and I also um you know to see a different art style and just way of telling the story but have it be so Star Wars was such a treat. And like you were saying, Father, I mean, as we go through these, I never know what to expect. And I just sit down and I'm like a kid <laughs> on Saturday morning, like, okay, I'm going to watch a cartoon, you know, yep. like I'm going to have fun. And it's, oh, it's been a blast so far, these last three episodes. So yep. um, definitely looking forward to what's ahead and um, probably see myself Rewatching this one. Yeah. Yeah. This one was a good one. Uh, one more uh, cast member to, to shout out from the English uh, audio. Mark Thompson did the voice mm -hmm. of, of course, yeah. T stormtrooper. Um, so Mark Thompson's a, a favorite of mine and he, he does many of the audiobooks that I listen to. So uh, just have to, cause he's been now in at least two of them. He was in, he was in um, mm -hmm. Tatooine Rhapsody and then this one as well. And um, I'm not sure if he's in any more, but I look forward to yeah, and same for Neil Patrick Harris. So I wonder how many others they are going to be in. 
like maybe because Neil Patrick Harris was in the last one as well. Oh, was he? Okay. In the second one. Yeah. I um he played oh gosh. I have already forgotten the character names, but the main um the main character in Tatooine Rhapsody You're, was Well it was Jay, but that wasn't Jay. that wasn't Neil Patrick Harris. That was No, that was jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. So I got that crossed. Very good. Yep. So yes, we will see. Jonathan Lippo was in uh Tatooine Rhapsody though. Yes. So. That's right. And we didn't I don't know if we gave him a shout out. I don't think we did because we we one. mentioned some of the others because okay. Tamara Morrison is, is in there and um Mark Thompson as well. Bobby Moynihan from Resistance also, yeah. So So cool. cool. Yeah. Lots of lots of good uh voice actors and yeah, we're we're excited for what's coming up next. So that is going to conclude our discussion uh, this evening. But before we wrap up again, we want to remind you that we are quickly approaching our 100th episode, which is an awesome milestone for us. So that's coming up in just five episodes. We're at episode 95 right now. So we are going to be going old school for that uh, incredible episode. And we would like to feature you guys, our listeners, if you would want to be a part of it. And so to be a part of it, you can do um, one of two things. You can email us questions that you want to ask of us, both questions about ourselves as persons and podcasters, but also our thoughts about Star Wars and the shows. Um, or if you want, you can send us an audio of uh, uh, voicemail, um, an audio track. If you can record, you know, something on your phone and email it to us, uh, we can play those on the podcast as well. So uh, your voice can be part of our awesome 100th episode. So both of those, just send us your your feedback, your questions, um, your audio uh, uh, feedback um, at Star Wars at SQPN.com. And, uh, yeah, help us, help us make our 100th episode, um, truly an awesome milestone. So that being said, we do want to hear what you thought of the twins as well. So you can let us know various ways. You can also email us feedback on the twins, um, at star Wars at sqpn.com, but you can also comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquest media, and you can tweet us your feedback and you can find us on Twitter at sqpn. And, of course, we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Star Wars, including Damien M., Gene L., Chad M., Charlene A., and J. M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, please, if you are not subscribed to the show, please make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search for the SQPN YouTube channel and hit that bell to get notifications for all new episodes. And you can also find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And finally, we will be back next week as we will take a deeper look into the next episode of Star Wars Visions called The Village Bride. So until next time... Am, thanks for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. <laughs> Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs>
<laughs> and once again, I am Kare. I mean, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.